Hello and welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. Today we talk about graduate school, specifically the GRE. What is the GRE? And what do all these different numbers and scores mean? That is our topic for today. But before we get to it, just a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast. It would be so helpful to us, and hopefully it's helpful to you as well. You can also share this with your friends and family if you find anything helpful at all. It helps them. We're just helping each other. That's what we do. You can also follow us. We're all over social media, The College Investor. Type it in. You'll probably find us wherever you are. All right, so to our show, if you thought you were done taking standardized tests in high school, not so fast. When you get ready to apply to graduate school, you're likely going to need to take some sort of standardized test again as part of the admissions process. All right, I know. But one test you might already be familiar with is the LSAT for law school admissions. But for general graduate school admissions, you'll likely have to take a different test called the GRE. You might be wondering, what's the GRE? And what do these scores mean? Especially if you're getting ready to apply to grad school. So today, we're going to break that test down so you know how it factors into the admissions process. By the way, there's also another test called the GMAT, and there are other episodes in this series where we go over the GRE, the GMAT, even compare the two, just so you can find out which one is going to be best for you to take. But back to the GRE. The GRE stands for Graduate Record Examination. Catchy. It's a standardized test, similar to the SAT that you took in high school. But the big difference between the GRE and the SAT is that the GRE is used for graduate admissions. It's usually conducted online or at a test center rather than in a proctored group setting. The GRE tests for three core competencies, which, is, which are math, vocabulary, and analytical writing skills. The test is administered by Educational Testing Services. It costs 220 bucks. You can take the test up to five times in a 12-month period. Each attempt needs to be 21 days after the prior attempt. Test takers who take the GRE several times can choose which scores to send to graduate schools. That's nice. So anyone who's interested in taking the GRE can register for it on the ETS website. While the exam isn't proctored in a large group setting, it is conducted on a computer at a prometric test-taking center. You also have the option to take the test from home if your computer and room where you plan to take the test meets ETS's requirements. And then on test day, you'll report to the test center to complete the exam. The GRE used to take, used to take, I should say, three hours and 45 minutes to complete, but starting September 2023, the test now takes just two hours. What are the key sections of the GRE, you may be asking? Great question. There are three areas the GRE covers. Verbal reasoning, quantitative reasoning, and analytical writing. The exam is broken down into five sections. Two for verbal reasoning, two for quantitative reasoning, and one for critical writing. Beginning in 2023, the GRE takes around two hours to complete all five sections. The analytical writing section takes about 30 minutes, while the other four take between 18 to 26 minutes to complete. The verbal reasoning section is designed to test how well the test taker can discern key points from a written text. The goal is to assess how well they can analyze information and then distill key points from it. The quantitative reasoning section 
largely looks at problem solving by assessing one's ability to complete different math and logic problems. These problems focus on concepts like algebra and geometry. Yay. Depending on whether or not you took a math course during undergrad, you might need to brush up on your math notes from high school to complete this section. <laughs> it would be me. The final section is analytical writing. This is designed to test critical thinking skills and to see how well you can capture complex ideas through writing. How is the GRE scored, anyway? All right, so both the verbal reasoning and quantitative reasoning sections are scored between 130 to 170. The score is calculated based on the number of correct responses in each section. The GRE is an adaptive test, too. That means the questions you receive will be based on your performance in the preceding section. The analytical writing section is scored from 0 to 6. Essays are scored by ETS's E-Rater scoring engine. Essays also are reviewed by trained analysts, so if there's a difference between the computer score and the reviewer's score, it will undergo a second review, and an average will be taken of the two. While the analytical writing section is important, most schools look at the verbal and quantitative reasoning sections when considering an applicant for graduate admissions. Unlike other standardized tests, there aren't penalties for selecting the wrong answer or leaving an answer blank. That being said, though, answering as many questions as possible increases your chances of getting a question right, which helps boost your score. So what is a good score for the GRE? All right, the average score for the verbal reasoning section is 150. The average for quantitative reasoning is 152. Anything above that? Good score, my friend, with scores in the 160s being competitive for top, tippy-top schools. So to get into a top graduate school program, you'll need to score better than average. Some programs within schools may also have separate requirements. For example, a STEM program might require a higher quantitative score than a humanities program, for instance. So we do have some scores from some of the top graduate schools to look at just to get a sense of how you'll need to score to get into a comparable graduate program. We break down Harvard, Princeton, U University of Pennsylvania, Columbia, Stanford. We got all those breakdowns at thecollegeinvestor.com inside this article if you're interested. All right, so how do admissions actually accept the GRE? While some undergrad admissions offices are becoming test optional, this is not the case for most graduate schools. Individual programs use GRE test scores to evaluate which candidates to actually accept into their programs. That's because graduate classes are often more specialized than undergrad and are smaller as a result. Certain graduate tracks require different standardized tests, too. Law schools typically require the LSAT, Business schools require the GMAT, which we go into in other podcasts. Some schools may accept the GRE in lieu of these other tests, but it's best to consult with the program itself you're applying to before submitting a GRE score. You don't want to do something you don't need. So should you take the GRE or not? That is the question. If you intend to pursue a graduate degree, then you should take the GRE. Unlike the SAT which is usually taken either your junior or senior year of high school. You have a bit more flexibility with applying to grad school. Many applicants spend a few years in the workforce, gaining experience before going back to school to pursue an advanced degree. Plan to take the GRE around your desired graduate school's application cycle, too. 
If you'd like to take the test several times, it might be wise to take the GRE a year or more before you plan to apply. That way, you can give yourself multiple attempts at the test, allowing you to select the best score to increase your chances of getting admitted to your desired school. Let's take a look at some ways to prepare for the GRE before we wrap up for today. So depending on your goals, it might make sense to invest in a test prep course just to prepare for the GRE. This is especially true for working professionals who haven't taken a standardized test in a few years. Before investing in a test prep course, though, one thing you can definitely do is take a practice test to score yourself. Unlike the SAT or ACT, grad schools assess the quantitative and verbal reasoning sections individually. You can find practice tests right inside this article at thecollegeinvestor.com. You might find that you score well on verbal reasoning, but need to refresh on high school algebra. Instead of registering for a comprehensive course, though, you can invest in study material that helps brush up on specific topics you might be rusty in. If you find that you don't have time to commit to a full prep course, there are a number of free and low-cost study options available as well. Magoosh is a popular, low-cost option that offers quick test prep materials. It's also really fun to say, Magoosh. Alternatively, the ETS website, Khan Academy, not as fun to say, but still pretty good, and popular test prep site, the Princeton Review, offer free resources to prepare for the exam as well. Free is always good. And that's it. That is our show for today. I hope it was helpful. If it was and you think it can help somebody else, please feel free to share this with a friend. We would greatly appreciate it. You can also stop by thecollegeinvestor.com to dive in deeper on everything you need to know about the GRE, the GMAT, and anything else you want to know too. All things money, finance, investing, it's all there, thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks again for stopping by today, and we'll talk to you again real soon.